Welcome to the Vanessa G. Fitcast. If you think eating less is the answer to getting lean, or that you have to choose between having donuts and wine or having a body you love, well then, girl, you are in the right place. Chances are you've fallen victim to diet culture's terrible advice on how to eat and exercise. But don't worry, this podcast is going to bring you actionable information so you can start transforming your body without giving up your life. I'm Vanessa Gillette, founder and head coach of Vanessa G Fitness and Nutrition. This podcast was born from my passion for helping all women create bodies they feel confident in. Thank you for tuning in and trusting me to support and guide you. Now let's do this. Welcome back to the Vanessa G Fitcast. I'm Vanessa Gillette, and here with me is Omar Pozos. <laughs> How are you guys? Why do you say it like that? I don't know. I think I just kind of tripped over my words this time. But we are, we have a fun topic today, one of my favorite topics, really chatting about how to eat out and lose fat. And I kind of chose this topic for this week because actually, organically, Omar and I were kind of talking about this ourselves. Because we were looking at our calendar, you know, as we're recording this, we're, we're about to go into the month of May and we were like... My birthday month, no big deal. Yeah. Big... Happy birthday big to me. Big three O coming to Omar. Oh, all right. You didn't have to say that, but <laughs> sure. <laughs> but, you know, we have so many just events coming up this next month and a half, maybe even two months or so, if you even consider the last few weeks, we've had a lot of traveling and oh, we're going to be eating out probably, I don't know, maybe more than half of the meals this month. And so that's where I think it would be really valuable for our audience to kind of hear a little bit about our philosophy around that, our approaches, some tips, tricks, and and things like that. Um, But so really, I guess I want to kind of clarify too, we are not some kind of people that just magically are perfect when it comes to eating out. We still to this day, I would definitely not say we're perfect, but We have not always been as balanced as we are now. Um, We were kind of laughing about how (laughs) Omar was saying, what was it that you were saying the other day when we were talking about eating out? And you were like, I've never really been somebody that doesn't go all out with traveling and things, right? Yeah, 100%. And I think the the analogy that you always like to bring up is the light switch versus the dimmer uh, situation, right? Yeah, I've always been like, I'm either on the diet or off the diet. And when I'm off the diet, like, I, you know, we're going to New York. Like, I've already started. I'm like, oh, what are the best bagel places? What are the best pizza places? And then thinking back about it, I'm like, well, do I really need to have all that in the grand scheme of things? I'm like, I still want to enjoy myself, but not to the effect of like, you know, get me to the point where I'm going to feel gross and just upset with myself after the fact. So, yes, this is honestly probably my first year where I've, started to still enjoy my, my vacations or my time away from the office and, you know, not feel guilty afterwards because I've set myself back so much further. Yeah, exactly. And so that's where with me, it's, you know, I've had a little bit of a different journey from Omar. I'm sure if you guys are, if you're listening and you're maybe a long time listener, you've probably heard me tell my story in the first couple of episodes and probably Omar more recently tell his story. So, you know, we have a little bit of different backgrounds when it comes to our relationship with food, our relationship with our bodies, things like that. But for me in particular, I used to struggle with what I like to call Cinderella syndrome. What is Cinderella syndrome? This is when I would essentially act like Cinderella in 
the Cinderella fairy tale where she was just a maid who had to, you know, basically sit in the back and never got to enjoy herself, was just always taking care of the others, unable to have any kind of fun. But then, you know, the fairy godmother came, bippity boppity boo. Suddenly now she gets to have a magical night out, enjoy herself, wear her beautiful sparkling dress and shoes, you know, her, uh, her pumpkin carriage and... (laughs) But then the clock strikes midnight. Now she's back to being Cinderella again, back to being a maid living a a miserable life. That's how I approached eating out. And let me explain. I would, if I was eating at home, I was boring, restrictive. I had like a very minimal list of types of foods that I would eat and ingredients that I would use. I would stick to like the same five foods every day and was basically just always having this goal of let's see how little I can eat. And if I keep myself really busy and I stay, you know, really focused on work and all these different things and I'm working out, then I just end up so busy that I'll forget to eat anyway. And it's great because, you know, if I eat less, that means I'm going to lose weight, right? So that was me essentially acting like Cinderella the maid. But then Friday night would come around and guess what? That little fairy godmother would just wave her magic wand and suddenly now I'm like I am going out I'm wearing my fancy Cinderella shoes and I am going to eat all of the things that I don't normally eat until the clock strikes midnight and I go back on my diet that's Cinderella syndrome does that make sense Omar it does 100 percent. and I'll be honest the whole time and and I understand kind of where you were coming from and everything Um, And it sounds very much similar to kind of what I was experiencing. It's, you know, that all or nothing mentality. But in my head, when you said Cinderella, I was like, well, does that make me Prince Charming then? (laughs) (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, something like that. But no, actually, so then funny enough, once you and I kind of started dating, I actually then had kind of swung to the other end of the spectrum where basically I realized I had this problem where I tended to binge eat on weekends. I tended to... um, just, you know, I would go all out. I, that, that was my Cinderella syndrome. I would just enjoy myself a little bit too much, eat everything I could because I felt like I could in that moment. I gave myself permission to, well, I already had one brownie. What's what's five brownies going to do now? I'm already bad. What's a few more going to do? I already feel bad about myself. And so essentially I decided that how am I going to fix this problem? I'm just going to get even more strict And now just as strict as I am on weekdays, I'm going to make myself be that strict when I am going out, which ended up resulting in me not going out as often because it wasn't enjoyable. And when I did go out, I just, I would be miserable because here my friends would be eating all these different things and having cocktails and, you know, all the stuff. And I would just maybe if I'm going to drink would be a vodka soda And then if I'm going to eat anything, which I probably didn't, it would just be like, let me look at the menu and pick through what it's like, basically just a vegetable and that's it. And, you know, my friends would want to order all these appetizers and then they'd be like, oh, like, is that okay, Vanessa? Like, can you have this? And I hated that. I hated that feeling of being like the person who stood out of can't enjoy the things that my friends were having. But I created these rules onto myself of like this imaginary, I can't have that thing. And that's simply not true. So that's why we're recording this episode because now Omar and I, we have a pretty good balance in terms of eating out and still managing our goals. Um, But I think that's really the key is you have to start with what are your goals? Figure out what it is that you actually really want because 
if you're trying to get like a top 1% shredded lean body while eating out a lot, you're, you know, you're probably not really going to get there because realistically eating out, there's going to be just, it's harder to manage to that level of getting like super, super lean, but you can absolutely maintain in above average, like lean fit body while still eating out a lot. It just takes a balance. You know, you can't go too far in either one direction, either end of the spectrum of like eating and drinking a ton or being super restrictive. Yeah, 100%. And for me, Vanessa, like finding that balance was huge because I didn't realize, like you said, that there's a different, um, I guess, level of setting your goals, depending on what it is that you're trying to achieve. So like you said, if you're trying to have a six pack and be super ripped, then you have to approach things a little bit differently than as if you were just trying to maintain. So finding that why, finding your intention and really setting up goals before you go travel is such a huge difference because you can, at the end of the day, say, you know, did I check off what I was trying to achieve? Yes. Therefore, it makes it a great weekend for me and I don't have to, you know, place blame or guilt or any remorse after the fact. Yeah, exactly. So it's like if you're in a fat loss phase, or I guess for me myself, if I am in a fat loss phase, meaning I am spending a period of time targeted towards losing body fat, I have spent time building up my metabolism to where now I can drop calories just a little bit and see my body starting to lose some body fat. If I am in that phase of life, then when I do go out to eat, I'm going to lean a little bit more towards some restraint. I'm probably not going to drink as much alcohol. I'm probably going to, you know, choose between the entree and the appetizer. I'm going to do some of the things that we're going to talk about here today. But that being said, if I'm in a maintenance phase, meaning I'm not necessarily looking to lose body fat, I'm more so looking to just maintain my body where it's at. Maybe I'm looking to build lean muscle. Maybe I'm looking to just essentially recomp. Recomp essentially means you're just kind of trading body fat for muscle at like a slower pace. If I'm doing that, then I'm going to allow a little bit more freedom and flexibility when I eat out and just understand that that's part of living life and it's balance. And that's the key right there. Like you said, Vanessa, it's not, oh, I can't have alcohol or I can't have, you know, appetizers or dessert. It's how much alcohol can I have? How much, you know, desserts, how much, how many appetizers or whatever it is, because that right there is the key. It's not, you can't have it. It's, you just have to limit yourself just a tad bit so that you can still achieve your goals. And that's why I think personally working with somebody that knows and can guide you and steer you in helping you make the right choices is so important because otherwise you're just sitting there and be like, oh, is this good for me? I don't know. I'm still going to eat it anyways. And then you're like, why isn't my approach working? Well, because you're not doing the little things that is going to help you and keep pushing you to get to your end goal Mm -hmm. eventually. Yeah. You can just stay stuck spinning your wheels, wondering if what you're doing is even the right approach for you. Exactly. Yeah. But let's get to some technical stuff because I do want to share some of the stuff that we did even on our last trip just two weeks ago on how we navigated and um, how we, you know, uh, were able to balance our goals a little bit. Yeah. So, and even before we get into that, I think we need to cover like a little bit of just kind of the basics here because when it comes to eating out, you know, we could talk about like eating at, you know, nicer restaurants and like actual true sit down restaurants. We could talk about eating at, you know, fast food, kind of grabbing go types of places. And an important thing I want to make sure I make clear here is that fast 
food, like fasts, does not have to automatically equal unhealthy. And we need to remove that kind of just... Um, connotation? Yeah, that that connotation there. Thank you. Because that's where a lot of people will get stuck is they're thinking, well, I'm trying to be healthy, but now, oh man, like I just went out to eat with my coworkers because I was weak and they tempted me and now I'm just, I've failed. I've gone off my diet. Like, no, you can absolutely go out to eat with your coworkers. You can grab a fast food place and still make a good decision that supports your goals. Yes, a lot of fast food places are going to have cheaper, more, you know, quote unquote, unhealthy ingredients, more inflammatory types of oils and things that are probably best to contain into maybe 10 to 20% total of your diet. We don't want to have a lot of those things. However, if you're having these types of things in moderation, there are absolutely some healthy alternatives at these types of fast food restaurants. But really, when we're talking about eating out in general, kind of some rules of thumb here is that almost every single entree, really appetizers and just any food in general from a restaurant is going to have more fat and carbs than the same version of it would have at home if you cooked it yourself. Why is that? Because guess what? Restaurants don't really care about your nutrition goals. They don't care if you're trying to lose weight. They don't care if you are tracking macros. They don't care about any of that. They care about delivering really great taste and a really great experience. And how does that happen? If they put a little bit more fat and carbs into a dish, they put in some, you know, invisible oils and sugars into the sauces and the toppings and all just like the little things, it adds a lot of really good taste. It makes it really, really delicious. And so that's why they do that, despite the fact that even if it's labeled like a healthier dish. You know, it could be just a vegetable and a, um, a lean meat, but they add oils and things to it that racks up a lot of calories. Yeah, 100%. I mean, at the end of the day, restaurants are not in the business of, you know, helping you lose weight. They're in the business of, like you said, making a great experience through food, which, you know, the tastier it is, the more you're going to enjoy it. Yeah. And just in general, the food, especially at more of like your fast food, like your grab and go types of places, it does tend to be pretty highly processed. Obviously, if you're going to like a nice restaurant where they make things from scratch, this doesn't necessarily apply. But if we're talking about going to a fast food place, even if it's a healthier place, it's going to probably be be a little bit more processed, which typically indicates that it's going to be higher in calories, but less filling, less satiating. So this basically means that like you could probably finish off a 1200 calorie fast food meal and still be hungry an hour or two later, as opposed to if you were eating at home and you put together a 1200 calorie meal filled with nutrient dense whole foods, things that, you know, really resemble like the original state that it was in, you're going to Honestly, if you even can finish off that 1200 calorie meal, you're going to feel sick. Honestly, you're going to feel so full that you probably would not be able to eat for hours. That's the difference. Both of those meals are 1200 calories, but one is more processed. It's already pretty broken down. It's already, um, it's usually like lower volume. It's not physically as big. So it just doesn't fill you up as much. The whole foods based 1200 calorie meal, it's going to stuff you. And then I think the other things just to kind of provide a good basis for this conversation for everybody is to recognize that if, you know, I'm making recommendations on what you should or shouldn't order, there is no food that is magically healthy for you. I'm going to repeat that again. There are no foods that are magically healthy or 
promote fat loss or do anything like that. You can eat any food in moderation. There's no food that's just going to instantly make you magically lose weight despite the marketing of the food and nutrition industry where they like to pretend that that happens and it doesn't. But the types of things that I typically recommend to people when ordering out are just in my personal opinion, what I think the best options are for you to order from these types of menus. But no food is magically just superior to another food all on its own. Any food can work together when done correctly to make up just the amount of calories, carbs, proteins, fats that you need for your individual body and your individual goals. Those needs are different for every single person. So I, I, let's, I guess, talk about just in general when it comes to what it looks like to pick out your meal. What is it? What should you be looking for when you're looking at menus, right? Yeah. What I wanted to add was, you know, for me right now, and just to kind of put a, a perspective and a picture in people's minds, like I'm in a fat loss phase. I'm trying to lose a little bit of weight myself. Getting shredded for 30. Yeah. That, what, what is it? What do they call it? Dirty 30? Dirty 30. Yeah. I hate when people say that. I don't know why. Not only is he going to have a six pack, he's going to have a 30 pack for his 30th birthday. <laughs> Maybe like a 30 pack of beer. But, I don't know about <laughs> that. Um, but no. So for me right now, being in a weight loss phase, like I want volume. Like if I eat something that is, like you said, for the most part, foods from fast food places are very calorie dense and not very uh, filling. Therefore, I try to stay away from that and go for more of like the whole food. So like we were at the airport, you know, a week ago, I would go more for like the fresh fruit. I would go more for like um, even like the protein shakes that mm -hmm. are just a little bit more filling as opposed to if I went for like a, a wrap that has a little sliver of turkey in it mm -hmm. and, you know, a ton of carbs, a ton of fat in it just to make it taste good. And, you know, for me, it's going to be very calorie dense and I'm just not going to be as full. So therefore I'm going to be hungry sooner and it's just going to require me to intake more calories than I want to. So I just tend to stay away from that stuff. But again, it's not that it's good or bad. It's just not uh, in agreement with what I'm trying to achieve in my own body right now. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, when I'm looking at a restaurant menu or a fast food restaurant menu or just like, you know, options at an airport, things like that, I am typically going to look for something that has a you know, I'm going to flip over if it has a package, like if it's a package thing at the airport, I'm going to actually flip over and read what the nutrition label says. If I'm looking at a restaurant menu, you probably don't have um, as much nutrition facts. Maybe you do it like the chain restaurants, the fast food restaurants, and that's where I'll look at those things. If you're looking at a um, like more of a unique restaurant that is kind of a single location, more of like a, you know, local type of place, they typically don't show the nutrition facts. So that's where you need to understand macronutrients. You need to understand what types of foods are what and deliver what kinds of nutrient profiles to you so that you can make choices without necessarily relying on numbers. And that's what we, you know, side note, that's what we do with our clients. That's what we equip them on. It's not just here's your macros and like track macros and just stick to these numbers the rest of your life. That's not realistic or sustainable. It's learn about food, understand food, learn to um, maintain your progress without even tracking anything and be able to do that for the rest of your life. And the reason that we use a lot of macronutrients is because a lot of times people will say, hey, can you just give me a meal plan and teach me how to eat these things? Well, while 
you know, sure that w- that can work. It's not sustainable for the rest of your life because you're not always going to be working with your meal plan. There's always going to be trips or, you know, events or something going on to where eventually you won't have that meal plan and you're just going to say, screw it. Notice how I'm uh, dialing back on the F-bombs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Shout we, we, we uh, got yelled at by my, not yelled at, but my sister kindly suggested that because my beautiful little two-year-old niece has lately enjoyed listening to my voice on the She's podcast like, guys, because it's so soothing. Cut it back she, on the uh, profanity. Yeah, she asked that we <laughs> no longer uh, so, use bad words. If Lindsay, if you're listening, this is for you. Um, but anyways, um, yeah, so that's why with macronutrients, you're able to see what um, kind of nutrients you're getting out of your food so that you yourself, regardless of whether or not you're working with us, you can see, you know, what all you're taking in and be able to make better decisions. Make educated decisions. That's what we're talking about here. Exactly. And so when I'm looking at a menu, I'm going to look for things that have a moderate carb content, lower fat content. And when I say lower, I'm typically thinking like below 20 grams is going to be low for a restaurant meal and a higher protein target, a higher protein content, I should say. And this is because typically when you're eating out, it's going to be really, really easy to overeat on fats, overeat on carbs, and undereat on protein. So if you can be a little bit more of like um, looking for the some, the food on that menu that is going to have more protein and less of the carbs and the fats, you're going to be in a better spot. Um, but really, there's really only a couple of rules of thumb per se that comes down to if you're picking out what you should eat at the restaurant. Number one, does this food, does this menu item resemble a whole food? So for example, if I'm looking at a menu and I see some side options for my meal and one of the side options is a baked potato and one of the other side options is French fries, those are both foods that are derived from potatoes, but which one resembles the whole food version, the potato itself more? The potato. Sorry, I didn't realize you were asking me. <laughs> yes, I'm asking you. The baked potato. Yes. So that's where I would choose the baked potato over the French fries because the baked potato is going to be less processed. It's going to have less extra ingredients that went into the version of the French fries. It's going to be more filling. It's going to have just lower fats. Um, it's going to be a better option if I'm in a fat loss phase. Rule of thumb number two does this meal or does this this food option revolve around protein? So for example, if I'm at maybe like more of an Italian restaurant and I'm looking at my food options and I'm just thinking like, hmm, you know, this pasta dish sounds really delicious, but also this chicken parm also sounds really delicious. I'm going to go with the chicken parm because that revolves around the protein source of chicken breast as opposed to the pasta revolves around the carb source of the the pasta noodles. Like if I took away the pasta noodles, that pasta dish would not be a dish. If I took away the chicken from the chicken parm, it would not be a dish. But if I added chicken onto a pasta dish, like you could add or remove that and it's still going to be a pasta dish. It's that's, it's like, extra ingredients, not the main thing that the food revolves around. So that's what I'm talking about is what is like the main thing that this dish revolves around? And is that main thing a protein source? If yes, then like that's a a gold star, like check, I'm good to go. Yeah. And I mean, 
let's be honest, like protein is probably the hardest to, to get whether you're at home or traveling. So I personally tend to almost go out of my way to be like, okay, what's going to be the most nutri or the most protein rich dish that I can get. And if for some reason the restaurant just doesn't have a ton of options, then I go for like, maybe is there any yogurt I can have? Is there any uh, cottage cheese that I can add? Or if I'm doing like an omelet, like, can I just have egg whites and not, you know, so looking for that meal that can give you that extra little bit of protein is going to be so much helpful in the long run. Yep, exactly. And then the third rule of thumb to remember here to ask yourself is, does it contain added oils and sauces? So for example, let's say I'm going out to lunch with my coworkers and, you know, it's kind of like a typical lunch spot where there's some different um, like salads and sandwiches and things like that. And I'm looking and I'm like, hmm, you know, the, the chicken salad sounds good. And I, let's see, I've checked off, like, does it resemble a whole food? You know, sure. Yeah. Like I can see kind of some chunks of chicken in there. That's good. Does it revolve around protein? Yes. You know, the, if I took out the chicken, then that would be, it would no longer really be anything. It would just be just, you know, dressing globs of mayo and yeah. whatever else they put in the chicken salad. But now the third question, does it contain added oils and sauces? Ding, ding, ding. This is where it would fail the test is because the chicken salad contains a ton of mayo and just other ingredients that can really more than double the fat content and the carb content. So I would personally choose something more like instead of a, a chicken salad, which is, you know, it's a really a misnomer with the way they throw the word salad in there. People are like, oh, it's healthy, right? I would actually go for more of an actual salad with grilled chicken breast on it because that is not going to have a ton of oils and sauces. I can get the the, oil, the salad dressing on the side and kind of moderate how much um, of the dressing I want to put on it. And in that instance, I can save hundreds of calories that I would really just never even think to account for because it's kind of like hidden into the chicken salad. Yeah, it's those hidden calories that are in the dressings that are in like a lot of the sauces that get you. So if you can avoid those while you're traveling, the better it is for you because it's just um, easier and more um, efficient. Yeah, the biggest offenders for adding calories to restaurant meals are going to be dressings. They're typically loaded with fat and even the fat-free dressings are typically loaded with carbs because they just replace the fat with carbs. Um, dipping sauces loaded with fat, um, fried foods. I think this is pretty obvious for most people, but fried foods in general are going to be loaded with fat and carbs. We typically want to always look for a grilled or a steamed version of or blackened. Food is. I like a little, little spice on mine. Yeah, Sometimes like if, I do if a little we're talking about meats, seasoning. then yeah, blackened would be a good version. Um, and then sodas, um, like the, the drinks, sweet teas, lemonade, those types of things, those are going to be just what I would even consider like empty calories. And that, what I mean by that is they can be really high in calories, but they really deliver no nutrients to you. They aren't providing you with like micronutrients, vitamins, minerals, and they aren't filling, they aren't giving you any volume that's going to hold you over and leave you really satisfied. Yeah. Um, and there's a ton, I mean, for the people that are like, you know, absolutely in love with sodas or sweet teas or whatever, there's a ton of great options out there. You can do like Gatorade Zero, you can do uh, like Powerade Zero, like, you know, there's a ton of different options. Yeah. So like um, in general, diet sodas are fine in moderation. And like, there's a lot of just like, you'll hear different opinions from different people on that. But really when we come down to the science of it, 
in general, for most people, consuming diet beverages, so like zero calorie beverages, is absolutely fine in moderation. If that's all you're drinking and you're not drinking water, you're having these every single day, all the time, like that's gonna probably start to be an issue over time. But if you are tracking your macros and your calories and you're aware of how much you're consuming and you're just adding, you're, you're adding in a little bit of like the zero calorie beverages on the side, maybe you're having like a Gatorade Zero every day or like a diet soda once a day, things like that, you're gonna be totally fine. Um, but I know we, we kind of covered a lot of information here and if you're not like, take a notes, you're probably a little bit like, uh, this was a lot. I don't even really know how to apply this. <laughs> so what I am offering up for my lovely podcast listeners is what we call our chain restaurant cheat sheet. This is really a guide that I originally put together for our clients only. Um, and it's one of the favorite ones that I hear them reference all the time as being an amazing resource. And so many of our clients are busy, are on the go all the time. They need um, a little bit more just like of a quick kind of reference sheet of what should I actually order when I go out. So on that, I have, um, I think almost 60 different chain restaurants and fast food restaurants listed out with multiple options of what I personally would order from those places. So this is a resource that you could download, keep on your phone. And then when you're out and about and you go to one of those places, pull up, pull up the guide, search for whatever the restaurant is that you're at. And you could just pick from those options, make it a little bit easier so you still have some choice there, but you're not quite overwhelmed by the whole menu and deciding what you should actually eat. Um, so I hope that that resource is helpful for you. It will be in the show notes. Um, we'll drop it below so you can go in and download it. Um, but even if you have any other ideas on different resources that would be helpful for you, shoot me a DM. I'm more than happy to help out wherever I can. Um, I just want to support you guys and hopefully make your fat loss journey as simple and easy as possible. That's what we're here for. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you guys in the next episode. Thanks for listening. If you learned something today, the best way to say thank you is to subscribe to the podcast and leave a five-star review in iTunes. And if this particular episode resonated with you, do me a favor and take a screenshot and share it on your Instagram story. Don't forget to tag me at Vanessa G Fitness so I can show you some love. All right, my carb queens, talk to you in the next episode.